So Jamie, I know we both, um, well, I can't actually speak for you, but I never did like online dating really. And I hear there's like this thing called ghosting on there. Yeah. And we also experience it sometimes with clients. Yeah. What do you know about this? About online dating? And (laughs) are you ghosting people all the time on on dates? Well, I mean, (laughs) no. No, yeah. my main, my main ball and chain is he's yeah, he's, he's enough for me. I think we'll be okay there, but oh, yes, I did. Good. I did Fair dabble enough. in online dating a little bit. Oh, were you Not ghosted? A... Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. See, I'm so old. Well, not really old. I got married young slash a long time ago. There wasn't even like really online stuff. You didn't even ghost people back then. Yeah. It wasn't even possible Pre-ghosting. to ghost people. No. <laughs> You've never experienced a ghost. Never been ghosted. Uh, uh, but I will say I've had so much experience with being, well, okay, maybe not so much. I have had some, <clears throat> not just some, I've definitely had experience with being ghosted by clients. Uh, and this is a hot topic with mm-hmm. wedding vendors. Some oh, yeah. people get really worked up about it or some people like don't care about it at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost as though with like, as a vendor, they tie the same emotional aspect as they would to a dating oh, yeah. website ghosting, you know, where they're yes. like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Why this person stopped talking to me? Uh, so, and we get asked about how do, how do you handle being ghosted all the time? This is a very frequent question. So we're like, yes. okay, we, we need to make a podcast episode about this. For sure. Um, I have been ghosted as a vendor, not as a person probably because I'm so <laughs> special. I was such a catch. No, because I married a guy I met in middle school. So it like really avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> got way ahead of that one. You lured him in real quick, real yeah. early. So, um, didn't happen in that sphere for me, but on the vendor side, for sure people. And I think there's some sort of etiquette to it that is changing because of mm-hmm. that happening so commonly in people's lives that there's just this ability of people to be like, Nope, that's not a fit. I don't even need to tell them it's not a fit or why, or just whatever. Yeah. I'm just moving on. And so maybe that's the modern age. Uh, and I do see that vendors do often take it very, very, very personally, which yeah. they do also people ghost them dating. And I think in both accounts, it's just like, if that's what the person's doing for you, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. It wasn't right. going to be a good fit. Right. Clearly they're not that into you. So <laughs> he's move on. just not that into you. <laughs> exactly. But it's almost like if I, I think the question or the heart behind some of the question is like, if I followed up would they, would they then book me? Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're all, we all go through that stage in the beginning of like, if I followed up the right way, then they would have booked me. Or if I had right. the right words to say in the secondary email and the tertiary email. Yes. Cause that's weird. You like, I snuck that on in there. That's fancy. I read yeah. books. Uh, <laughs> then, then it, then they would book me. Right. Then if I had the right words to say then, in fact, there's this one vendor I can distinctly think of who would get so angry when people just like stop responding, wouldn't yeah. respond to follow-up emails, wouldn't respond to anything like that. And just be like, I just don't, is it that hard to send an email? Mm. Maybe it is. And so for me, as far as ghosting is concerned, I don't follow up. Yeah. I don't just let it go. I just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like if they wanted me, they'd book me. And yes, it took some time to get there, but I also never was in the follow-up camp. It just sounded like a lot of work to me. <laughs> and I was like, I'd rather perfect my sales call mm-hmm. and my pitch instead of working on follow-up emails when they just don't seem interested to come back. Yeah. It's a numbers game too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have a percentage of people who ghost you or like, it's just not a good fit and whether or not they ever reply to your email or call you back. Yeah. Who knows? But you know, there's just going to be some that aren't the right thing. So it's going to move on and 
and that's that. And there's no reason to emotionally attach to that and let that stunt you in your fervor to just bring on more opportunities. Cause really it's like, it's all about getting back at the plate, giving it another try, you know, Oh, oh. <laughs> baseball analogy, sports analogy, back up at the plate. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it is the at bats that count really here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're leaning into this, but I think, um, yeah, you can't take it personal. No. You just gotta know it's going to come with the territory. Now I'm the systems one here. So yeah. I do love a light automation that helps you with that follow-up. I think chasing it and trying to remember and emotionally like putting weight where in your head, you're like, they haven't replied since Tuesday and it's yeah. Friday. And I should reply again on Monday, just so it's not too eager, but like, I want to, want to make yes. sure I'm touching base. It's oh. like, no, no, no. I hate that game. <laughs> Let's set that up as an automation. So you're going to want to set it up either through something like HoneyBook, which we mentioned all the time, right. or you could set something up even with Boomerang is a great software to use through Gmail. Very easy to just tag it and go, if I don't see a reply from this in my inbox within five days, like bump it to the top of my inbox yeah. or send this automatic follow-up email, whatever you program in there can happen. And then it's not like in your mental, it's not in the mental load you're carrying. Yes. It's in there. You're doing a little bit of light follow-up. You're mm -hmm. you're bumping them because things do get buried in people's inboxes or they get busy and they meant to follow up and they didn't. Um, but not going to carry that around and like worry about it all week. Cause I think that's right. what happens for a lot of people is they are literally like, oh, I'm worrying. Was it this that I said? Was it that? Oh my gosh. And it, there's no reason for that. You're gonna, mm -hmm. gonna drive yourself crazy doing that. And that's why I never followed up is because I couldn't <clears throat> handle the emotional weight of doing that. I was like, okay, I, something's got to give, I can't own this. I can't follow up. And I don't know many people who have converted because of a follow-up. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going to book you, but because you sent that email now, I'm going to say yes. Right. Yeah. Right? Unless you start getting pushy, like I, we've been doing some home projects and I get people being like, if you book within the next 48 hours, we will give you this discount. Like people doing like these really right. intense sales techniques to try to put some pressure on you to lock things in. And I mean, you can play that game. Certainly that works for some people, but for yeah. me, it puts me in like a very anxious state as the yes, buyer to as have that consumer. pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't want someone hiring me because I strong arm them into it. No, I, especially in such an emotional aspect as wedding planning. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, they're like having buyer's remorse of hiring you. Like, you know, you're going to have to work with them the whole time with them, like kind of feeling tricked into hiring you like and a little intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. not really where you want to start this out. So because of the type of service you provide as a planner, or as a wedding yeah. vendor, I think it's just important to give them the space to make the decision. You can schedule some light follow-ups. If you want to even schedule a follow-up a month out or whatever, just being like, just checking in. Did you hire someone? I just love to know, you know, what made that decision for you? Was it price? Was it a match on personality? Like ask that question. I think that's valid and you might get some feedback that's helpful, but I wouldn't put a lot of weight on that. Yeah. I would never ask that question. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before we started, started recording. And I think sometimes when we chat about these things, it's really funny to highlight the differences in our personality. Cause I can hear mm -hmm. the logic of that, of course. Cause if you get that feedback that could really change how you would then potentially pitch yourself or it might change your packages a little bit. Um, for me, it's yeah, that would have, that would have crippled me getting even, even just a little bit of, well, we didn't really like how you talked. And I'd be like, oh God, my voice is the worst. You know, like I, <laughs> that would affect me really greatly. So I can understand the wisdom behind that. I think a lot of you are listening that are listening might resonate with that and be like, yes, I will absolutely send a, hey, why didn't you book me? <laughs> 
type email. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I could. I could. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, get ready, Jamie, because you're not going to be able to stomach this. I even oh God. would recommend on the sales call at the end of it to close it out with, is there anything, any reason that you right now would feel not ready to move forward with us, yeah. with my company? I would ask that to them directly at the end of the sales call. And this is a technique I've seen used for interviews for like, if you're applying for a job, um, to ask this to the interviewer, because they might say, oh, your resume here was a little thin on this experience. And you then have the opportunity to go, oh, well, I did this and that. And I took the certification, you know, whatever the points being that they brought up as their concern, you can address them. You have the opportunity. Now, like you said, emailing a week later and asking that you're, you're probably a little late to address that, but in the sales call environment, I think it's a great time to have that dialogue to hear their concerns and maybe be able to resolve them and have them feeling confident to move forward. And a lot of times people will go, Oh, actually there's no, no reason I would hesitate to hire Mm. you. And then now they've just, they've just had that light bulb moment of like, I mind tricked them. Yeah. Now they're going to be like, yeah, I should hire you. I can't think of a reason I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, I like the reverse of that. See, that feels good. My version of doing that is like, you should go talk to other planners and like, yeah, figure out what's going to be the best fit for you. Because then it's like, oh, then they want to come back because if I have the confidence to release them and let them go, then they have the Mm -hmm. confidence in our packages. But so my system's definitely different in that regard, but Mm -hmm. there is a lot of confidence or there's a lot of merit to saying something like that confidently. Cause if they go, yeah, there's, there's nothing that's holding me back from hiring you. Yeah then they just validated it themselves that this is a good decision. And it's easier once they say that, be like, okay, great. So okay, when do you want to get that deposit in? When do you want to get this contract signed? I can send it right over. It's like, you kind of get them to agree to start moving forward, taking the action to making the purchase Yeah. Um, or worst case scenario is they tell you, oh, I can't afford this price. And you, you know, something like that, some sort of actual issue that, that they can tell you that you might be able to fix or might not, you might go, Oh yeah, well, that's too bad. You are right. You cannot yeah. afford me. Goodbye. Well, if, mean, if that's the standard that we're looking at, then okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you basically give yourself the opportunity to discuss that. And I think again, can be scary, can be intimidating. Cause yeah, maybe they will say something rude. I have not found people generally do. I've never had someone complain about, but they could Heather, they could, they could, they could. <laughs> and, and you could take it personally, or you could realize this is all a big game or experiment of having a business. And you are just playing with the switches and figuring out where to make adjustments. And maybe God bless your mind, maybe at the price points wrong, maybe the packages are wrong. Maybe, yeah. you know, you're explaining it in a way that doesn't feel like they're getting the support they need or that they're they're not hearing that your package matches their needs. So you, you learn a lot from this process. And so I would, I would encourage you all to be bold and to ask this question Do it. Yeah. I hear the merit behind it. I do. I still don't want to do it, but I hear the merit behind it. But I, I think there's, yeah, I mean, there's definitely wisdom to be, to be said with that because you Obi-Wan Kenobi them into, into yeah. booking you. Cause they're like, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I can't think of anything. I do feel like there is that a little bit of using that active listening that mm-hmm. can really help. So if that is a concern, if you are in uh camp Jamie on this one, and you're like, I would be mortified to ask that question, then figure out what their needs are from a wedding planner earlier on in the phone call. Like we mm-hmm. always reference the sales call podcast, but it only because there's a lot of power in that. I'm not saying I do everything perfectly, but if you don't have your systems down, feel free to borrow mine until you have them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I use active listening and almost reverse engineer what they're looking for. So if they're like, if the, the first three things that come out of their mouth, when I ask about their priorities is what they want to focus on. And then Mm -hmm. I I active listen. And I said, here's what I hear you saying. So I end up really formatting and speaking into them exactly what they need. So by the time it got to the end of the conversation, I'm sure if I asked that question, it would be like, what's holding you back from hiring me? It would be something like, uh, something, uh, I was about to say arbitrary, but the cost is not arbitrary, but something Mm -hmm. like numerical. And it wouldn't be like the uh, services that I offered. Maybe they wanted one more meeting than I was talking about or a slightly cheaper pay. But I think a lot of this ghosting is you have to do some self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever had a client who you're actively working with actually ghost you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not, not frequently, but there are a handful that I can, I can recall that I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm trying to help you here and you are nowhere to be found. This is, uh, I kind of feel like my hands are tied. So what I would do is I would do like a handful of like, Hey, just checking in on this. Hey, just wanted to follow up. And then I would just basically pull back the curtain and be like, all right, I can tell there's something going on. Tell there's some hesitancy, maybe to respond to these emails. Do you need some space? Do you need to take a break from wedding planning? Like, do, uh, do we not like some of the suggestions, but basically calling them out on being non-responsive in a very polite and safe way, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to keep, you know, beating around the bush on this one. It's been three weeks. It's been a month. Let's discuss this. Um, and I'm not saying that it, the behavior would completely change. I mean, I could probably think of it's like three, maybe four clients specifically that this had happened with, and they Mm -hmm. tended to be pretty apathetic when it came to their wedding day. And it was a little bit more chaotic. So for me, that was a red flag earlier on. Like if if they started to stop paying attention or stop responding, I'm like, they're caring less about this event than they did in the beginning. They don't really care about me doing my job necessarily at this point. I just need to check in and get enough answers from them to get the job done. Right. Yeah. It's kind of when people get a little, maybe they have others going on in their life or whatever, but where like the wedding is not a central thing they're working on. There's not a lot of space for it. So I think there is some sort of responsibility as the planner, um, to keep pushing them to move on it. Cause otherwise, I mean, it kind of bites you in the butt as the planner. Right. If they wait till the last minute and are frantically doing everything and it's set up in a really sloppy way, or they don't secure all the vendors they should or whatever. And then you're the one on the day of that kind of gets blamed if it doesn't come together well, even though it's totally not your fault. Um, or, you know, end up just with a kind of bit more of a chaotic event to put together. And like, I know you say the thing about it's not your job, it's your responsibility. And even in that planning stage, it's not your job, but it is going to be your problem. In that, in that case, you're creating a problem for yourself. If you don't get them to kind of get back on the wagon and Mm -hmm. plan the event, they have to plan. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of them was, uh, that, that the only client that ever basically like fired me, Okay, (laughs) like we parted ways. It's the one I always like refer back to because, mm-hmm. um, one that got away for you. The one, the one that, no, I was, <laughs> I was happy to let her fly free. I was done because I couldn't get her to do the things I was asking her to do. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to do the things I was asking her to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, put together a budget. Oh, she didn't know yeah. if she had $10,000 or $30,000 and she was trying to start booking things. And I was like, I can't, I can't help you yeah. if I don't know what ranges we're looking at. So yeah, that was, that was one of them where I'm like, I recognized that red flag pretty early on because she started ghosting my emails because she didn't want to do what I was asking her to do. She didn't want to plan the way that I was directing her to plan. So that ended up being pretty indicative of like, 
Hey, I, I, maybe I don't chase people down. If they're not going to respond to me, if they don't see value in what I do, I'm not going after them. Yeah. That's a very I'm not good going point. After them Cause this could be who they are as a client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. And then it's not the right fit for you and not right. a project you want to deal with. So I think that's super smart to reflect on it that way. Um, one other point I've noticed people, they ghost you, but like, this is natural is after you've worked with them. Like I've had clients where the day was amazing. Everything went well. And then mm -hmm. like crickets never heard from them again. I always send follow-up emails me like, Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Were you guys happy? you trying to like kind of close the loop and just like nothing. What <laughs> does that ever leave you with a bad taste in your mouth or kind of throw you if you don't hear back from people afterwards? No. Not necessarily because they're just done. Yeah. Cause they're, they're just done. Like your clients, so many of them the last four to six weeks, I always call it the like, why didn't we elope period? They're just mm -hmm. done. They're done with the expectations. They want the event to be over. They know they're going to enjoy the wedding day, but afterwards it's almost just like, I need to not think about it or talk about it. So some of them emotionally tapped out, mm -hmm. want nothing to do with it. Don't even want to hear the word wedding for six to eight weeks. So for me, I'm like, uh, or, you know, they know they should leave a review, but they feel guilty and they don't really want to write it. So they're just not going to respond to the email where you're like, Hey, it was so amazing. I'd love to see photos. And would you mind mm -hmm. leaving a review? And they're just mm -hmm. like, if I don't look at it or pretend like it didn't, I never received it, then it's not happening. And that I don't feel guilty. Right. So yeah, it's more Especially, of their own emotional processes. Yeah. If you've did a, did a great job for them and then they do have some sort of guilt of like, I really should give a review for this small business, but I don't want to. And don't have the right. mental space for it or whatever right. the reason is, or maybe they have things to say that you really don't want them to put in a review. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe don't shake them down too hard for that review. <laughs> it's on that borderline. Oh man. But I would say anyone that was on the borderline, I never asked. I yeah. never asked. I was like, I'm just going to send a thank you. Congratulations email. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, I actually had a client get really mad at me for hmm. not sending a congratulations email. Oh, she was like, every other vendor has sent me one and you didn't. I was like, girl, I, I literally was carrying your dress with you to the car as you drove mm -hmm. off saying, congratulations, 17 times. Like I was the last person you saw yeah. before you left and you were gone on your honeymoon. And so I, I wrote back this explanation of like, I try not to email while people are on their honeymoon. I just want to give them like a week Space. or two. Yeah. Yeah. But she was mad that I didn't send her a congratulatory email within the first seven days. I was like, wow, no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Maybe put that in the automation. Yeah. yeah. Honeybook automation just after their wedding. Yay for you. Yay for congratulations. Bye. Bye. Yeah. It is an interesting place to be as a wedding vendor because you really, it's not like you're going to have recurring clients. No, so it's, it's just like the relationship is done. Everything's done. Served our purpose. You've paid me. I hope you had fun. Goodbye. And, yeah. um, so it, to me, it can always feel a little weird because I do bond with people and then I have fun with them and I'm excited mm -hmm. about it. And then I feel like, am I their friend? Am I not really their friend? I don't know. Yes. And some of them like follow you on, you know, Instagram or whatever after the event. And I'm like, should I be liking their stuff? Do I feel like a creeper that, yeah. Are we done Talker now? Am I, are we supposed to be done? I don't know if we're supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah. That's always a weird place to be, but there's always that handful of clients that like you're going to follow and you're mm -hmm. going to keep following and you're going to engage with each other. And like, I've gone to baby showers. Oh, um, that's I know. Sweet. 
I know. I had one couple literally say they would buy a plane ticket so I could come back and help them decorate their house. Just the, just the cutest, cutest, just still invested um, years later, which is really nice. But I could not imagine if everyone had that same expectation, though. Like that would be a lot of pressure for me. I don't think I want to do that. That would be a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting the different ways the cards can land with clients after the fact, just like in life. You know, you could meet a new best friend from planning their wedding and you could also just work with someone and then never even speak to them again. So yeah. <laughs> I think all that's okay and kind of the life cycle of, of this sort of job. Anything else we should talk about, about our ghosting experience or ideas or support for? Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's not quit taking it so personally. Like really, if, if I wish, like I'm saying this, cause I'm not actually talking to a real person, but anytime someone says this to me, all I want to respond with quit taking it personally. Like mm-hmm. this is not an attack against you. It's not, you know, you have absolutely no idea what they're going through, or maybe they have actually no intention or interest in following up with you. They found somebody else. The job is done. They've ticked off that check mark on the checklist and they're not going to follow up with you. And that's okay. They don't owe you that. Yeah. They don't owe you that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like you kind of have to really just for a lack of better term, get over it. Cause it Mm -hmm. is, it is one of those things. It's one of the the elements of being in a, a business like this, where it is, um, uh, sometimes a fear-based purchase or fear-based buy-in. If someone's really concerned, especially wanting or needing a planner, they don't need the extra emotional pressure of making sure they send the perfectly articulate email to you afterwards of why they didn't hire you. They're already going through so much stuff right now. They don't need to be doing that. It's not you. It might be you. Like again, double check your sales processes. (laughs) It could be you. It could be probably not. It's probably not. Recognize that everyone is at a different place emotionally and you just got to start letting that go. Cause it's just going to get in the way of taking some of your mental space and mental energy to be prepared for the next client who will say yes. Yeah. And I have seen couples in the wedding planning group who've said like, Oh, how do I tell vendors that I didn't hire them? Or what do I do? Am I being yeah. rude? And it's like, you don't need to put all that on them. They have a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. You're a business. Not everyone's going to hire from you. You know, maybe sometimes you buy Colgate toothpaste, maybe sometimes Crest. You don't write them a letter and explain that you didn't buy it. You just didn't <laughs> remember the other one. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I don't apologize every time I walk into a local coffee shop because I went to Starbucks last week. Right. It's like, it's just what it is. Sometimes it's what it's, it is. It's not, they didn't make that purchase and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but if you can, you know, get a little info, learn from it in the process, ask the most key questions. If you're up to it or build it into automations, learn from all that, but just know it's just some of the people just are never going to reply to you again. <laughs> that's just it. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's one of the parts of this business that's not shiny and it's not fun, but it is what it is. And yeah, getting angry about it's definitely not going to change anything. And I, I actually find myself getting annoyed at people who get annoyed by being ghosted. I'm like, did you, or did you expect any different? Or do you feel like you're owed something from these people that you spent 20 minutes on the phone with? I'm like, no, absolutely not. They already have it. This reminds me of the, the uh, video I did on Kara's download mm-hmm. talking about how much pressure is put on a bride specifically during yeah. this time. And then to, to go on these rants and these Facebook groups where brides can see about how inconsiderate it is, like you're just adding more pressure onto this person who's planning something. They've never done anything remotely like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, some, some of them are really trapped up in like, well, what words should I use? I don't want to hurt their feelings, but we went another direction. I'm like, it's, they already have enough pressure. 
we should probably accept it as vendors. If you don't want to just like, let it go, get your systems in place, ask the right questions and really kind of close this loop on, on what your sales process looks like, because Mm -hmm. it could be you, it could be your sales process. It could be your pitch. You figure out on your end, you get the systems in place and watch those ghostings drop. Yeah. And even if you're doing everything perfectly, you're not going to convert everybody. Nope. So just know that, just know if this is a natural part of the business. So give yourself space to feel okay with not converting a hundred percent of your leads. It's it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. That'd be insane. Yeah. That'd be too much. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to take every, no, (laughs) no. You're going to need to turn some down for your own sanity. Otherwise you're going to find those people that like, you're going to want to part ways with. You're going to be like, dear Lord, please have this. I want this person to fire me. Like I'm so done. I'm so done. I'm not saying I've I've had a whole lot of those, but there were a few where I was like, no, I'm ready for this to be over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ghosting might be good on everybody's. Everybody might need to ghost everybody once in a while. Ghost somebody, not everybody, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) It's okay. Ghosting is part of the natural cycle here. You guys, everyone goes someone. Let it be. I don't even know if that was helpful at all. I, I truly hope it was. And I hope that, uh, there was enough to like support you guys. And it wasn't too callous, but this is, it is what it is. And it's going to keep happening. So the sooner that you can fix your process, your sales, your systems, the sooner you're going to feel better about it. And you're going to feel more confident knowing that even if that client didn't come back to you, you did the absolute best that you could. And the right person is probably going to talk to you on the phone tomorrow. Here, 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 here.